Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's so much that life has to offer. There are ups and downs, but those ups are good, yes. But the downs are essential to your growth. Hold on and always look at the bright side. You're listening to Crazy Smart Asia, a podcast exploring the unexpected stories of Asia's disruptors. One in four people will struggle with depression and other mental health issues at some point in their lives. For entrepreneurs, that number doubles to one in two. As we approach the third year of the pandemic, with the added stress, uncertainty, and loss we've all felt still bubbling beneath the surface, now more than ever, we need to be ever mindful of our mental health. For Nadine Lustre, it starts with awareness. The actor, singer, activist, and entrepreneur has long been vocal about her own mental health battles in the hope of ending the stigma around the subject in her native Philippines. If Nadine Lustre, with all her success and her millions of Instagram followers, can suffer from depression, the message would be loud and clear. It can happen to anyone. And then everything changed for Nadine. Her brother, who was also battling his own demons, took his own life, leaving Nadine to ask if there was anything more she could have done to help him. In response, she doubled down, working with other public figures to launch the startup MindU, which aims to make mental health more accessible and cheaper in the Philippines. She's also been increasingly forthright in sharing her own struggles with depression to spread the message to people at their lowest that they're not alone and that help is available including a major revelation in this episode that she's never shared publicly before. In a candid conversation with Gentis Lee Williamson, Nadine lays everything on the table, discussing music, fame, and the mantra that helps her get through the toughest of times. Here's her conversation. Nadine, welcome to Crazy Smart Asia. Um, before we get going... I want to do some quick fire questions if you're up for that. Yeah. Okay. Let's jump into it. Explain what you do in one sentence. Oh, explain what I do. Uh, <laughs> that is so hard. Well, you do a lot. Yeah, I do a lot of things. That's why I'm trying to put it all in a sentence. I guess um, I do things that make. Uh, I do things creative plus that makes myself happy. That makes me happy. Yeah. What's your favorite social media account after your own, of course? My favorite social media account. Um, ooh, uh, I guess that would be, uh, ooh, I can't think of anything. Anything that is about ar architecture or interior. Okay. You can say Generation T Asia if you want. That's also fine. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> What, what's your biggest guilty pleasure? My biggest guilty pleasure would be, um, who I guess eating cheese because I love cheese. And what's the secret? Don't we all? Um, what's the secret to a beautiful Instagram for you? You certainly have one. How, how do you get that perfect feed? Color coordination. <laughs> That's the key. Absolutely. Um, in 10 years time, where do you want to be? In 10 years time, I see myself uh, living on a field and still making music. Mm, okay. Retiring to the countryside. Yeah. Retiring to the countryside. Mm. Do you have a mantra in life? Uh, I guess the only thing that I keep telling myself all the time, which I guess would be my mantra would be you're good you're good mm, like you're okay it's okay yeah, you're okay you're good i always okay. say that <laughs> okay um what's the most important lesson your parents taught you the most important lesson my parents taught me this was my dad's and it is to keep your um to keep yourself grounded mm. keep your feet on the ground well done you passed a quick fire round of flying colors <laughs> we'll get into the real stuff now i want to talk to you a little bit about fame 
So you've been famous, especially in the Philippines, since you were a child. You know, you have 10.7 million Instagram followers. A lot of people will think that they know you, uh, but they won't. They can't. Um, so a deceptively simple question. Who is Nadine Lustre? Oh, Nadine Lustre is many things. <laughs> well, Nadine Lustre is just a person who wants to be creative, who wants to express herself and be free, you know? Yeah. Self-expression. And tell us a little bit about that journey. So you started off trying to do that from a very young age, right? Trying to express yourself in various ways. How have you, how has your career evolved as you've gone in pursuit of that mission? I actually started doing um, TV when I was very young. I was a host at a kids variety show when I was, I think about eight or nine years old. old. Um, And then from then on, it kind of just, you know, um, kept going on. I started doing commercials, uh, started modeling. And then at 16, I joined a girl group. Um, And then that's pretty much my entryway to showbiz. That's where I started ascending. Hmm. Um, into the industry and then um, got into a love team did movies and then pretty much it's that was it Uh, how uh, did you deal with with fame um, with childhood fame like in some ways you've never known a quote-unquote normal life in a way that damages a lot of people Um, you seem to have come out of it very strongly how do you navigate that and come through it stronger it was actually very difficult for me because I started at a very young age. So um, I've always looked for, you know, having friends, going to high school, experiencing all these things like going to prom, going to fairs. I never experienced all of that. Um, and so growing up, I always thought that I was, um, I felt bad for myself mm. because I wasn't experiencing this. And to me back then, this was something that, you know, a teenager should experience because right. a lot of a lot of a lot of people would say that high school is the best. You know, the best. Um, how do you call it? That's the best phase of their life. Phase of your life, yeah. And, um, yeah, and then I was missing out on all of that. So, growing up, I just pretty much focused on what it is that I have um, and trying to grow in it as well in this environment. I've learned a lot of things, but just the same. Um, even when I entered show business, I started being in the girl group. I really felt felt bad for myself for not being able to know how to communicate because I was such a an introvert. I never like going out. I don't like. It's not that I don't like. I just didn't know how to talk to people because I never mm-hmm. had that. Um, how do I say this? I never had that journey. You know, just as a, from from a preteen meeting new friends and learning how to how to um how to converse with people how to socialize i never had that so it was really difficult for me as a girl who's in the showbiz industry to connect to other people to just talk to them and to just make friends so um it was really frustrating at some point but eventually being in the showbiz industry really helped because there are a lot of people who kind of you know instead of you kind of wanting to talk to them or you um, being able to talk to them, they would want to talk to you. So um, in that industry, there were a lot of people who were a bit older than me who I learned from when it comes to socializing and talking to people. So so even though your public persona was very polished and you seemed very extroverted and confident, actually when you know the lights went off, the cameras were switched off, you had difficulty connecting with people, you had difficulty in expressing yourself and in 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 kind of being confident in your own skin Uh, it was totally different also just because um in the showbiz industry it's really hard to express yourself or to just be yourself because most of the people would want you to be a certain person would want to fit you in a specific mold and i didn't have you know i didn't grow um normally So pretty much those years of me being a teenager or being a young adult even was quite difficult because I wasn't discovering a lot of things about myself. Mm. You know, I didn't know what I what it is that Nadine wanted. I didn't know what it is that Nadine didn't like because I was trying to fit myself in this mold that the people around me made for me. Right. You didn't have time to discover it yourself. Yeah. 
Mm. And so I imagine you can see very easily because you have first-hand experience of it, how that experience can be so damaging to some and, yeah. and it can be the undoing of other people. How, and it has been, very, you know, documented many, many instances of this. How were you able to to get through it and kind of hold your own and, and grow despite those challenges? Well, there was a point where I was having a an identity crisis just because... I wasn't really sure if this person or if if this person was me or if this was a character or like an avatar that I was playing when I'm in front of the cameras. Mm. So when I when I would get home, I didn't know who I was. I was I was so com- I was so confused. Everything like was was super complicated. I really got depressed. I got the I got so I got so frustrated. I got depressed um, to the point that when I went out of the country with a couple of my friends, I didn't want to come back mm. because there was just that heavy feeling of not you know understanding that you you don't really know who you are, and that's that's a huge struggle just because yeah. you don't know how to be, you know. Mm don't know the things that you like you don't know what you're supposed to be doing and at some point eventually when I um, when I started breaking that mold because it happened kind of gradually there were times when I would feel that I'm breaking the rules or I'm being rebellious or I wasn't sure if it was right if if these things that I like that Nadine really likes is okay or is it bad such as what? Yeah. Um, uh, well, like getting tattoos or just just a lot of things. Because I was really, growing up, I was really into, I was into gaming. I was into um, a lot of stuff, um, even the, the clothing. You've been given a prescribed route and you felt like, can I deviate from this? Is this okay? Yeah. Mm. It was always like that. And then every time I would try to speak my mind, it's like people would always um, try to scold me. Not really scold, but like, what you know, they would ask me, why did you do that? Or if, if for example, like a reporter would ask me um, about something, because I'm the type of, I, I realized eventually that I'm the type of person who doesn't like um Pretty much, I'm not a pushover. You know, when you ask me something and I'm offended, I'm really going to show you that I'm offended because that's not right. You shouldn't do that. Right. And before, I remember every time a reporter or someone, just a journalist, someone from the media would say something that's very offensive, it would hurt me because like, I, I, I couldn't understand why these people are being so mean to me. You know, the, the showbiz industry could be very harsh. People in the industry could be very harsh, but now it's it's more different because now I fight for myself. And and you feel like to begin with, you're like, should I be doing this? Should I even be standing up? Yeah. And now I can stand up for myself because before when I would start doing that, yeah, people would raise their eyebrows and be like, why is she doing that? Why is she being so mean? Like not mean, but people like some people don't don't understand that. You know, like when. Mm-hmm celebrities kind of fight for themselves they see that as um them rebelling they see it yeah. as a, such a negative thing it's a negative thing they'll they'll throw the b word at you right they'll say like she's standing up for herself like yeah. how 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 outrageous yeah especially when when it's female celebrities right exactly and the thing is when you're a female celebrity or even just a normal like any any kind of celebrity here in in the philippines when you're a public figure People think that they could just, you know, kind of push you down. And people tend to feel like they own you pretty much. Mm. When they say something about you or when they say something to you, you just take it. Mm. And you don't say anything in return. And that began as a child, um, but it's still happening now, right? Being in the limelight still comes with these struggles. The tabloids still still ask you deeply personal questions. How have you grown and how have you learned to cope with that? I just keep going back to my foundation, I guess, and that is being myself. Um, I just keep in mind that as long as I'm not, um, I'm not stepping on anyone's toes or I'm not hurting anyone. You know, I mean, you can stand up for yourself and not be mean. Mm. 
get what I mean? You can stand up for yourself and still be, I guess, um, nice. Yeah. I, I learned how to do that eventually. But before it was, you know, you know that ring that you get in your ear when someone is trying, like indirectly trying to offend you? Yeah. Get that, I get that ring. And then for some reason, I just become really aggressive. But I've learned how to to be more calm and more poised when dealing with these um, situations now. It's really powerful when you kind of if you if as an individual you're able to get to that point where like i'm okay with offending some people i'm okay with sticking my ground if it uh makes some people not like me that's um that's kind of universal right it, it's difficult for us all of us to get to that stage and i think that's part of growing up of like realizing like it's a, hey it's okay if not everybody likes me because that's just the way the world is but i imagine it's even more difficult to do when your career is based on popularity when your career is based on people liking you, it must be even more difficult to get to that stage where like, you know what, I'm going to have to break some eggs to kind yeah. of stand up for myself. Yeah, it took a while before I get to that stage. But just because I didn't want to offend anyone, I didn't want to lose fans. Yeah. You know, and, and, and it's normal. But at the end of the day, um, all I had to remember was that the fans who are really very supportive of you would respect you. People who treat and respect you as a real person and not just an artist that they can, you know, that they can smother. A commodity. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, those are the people that are um, worthy or that you should just be, you know, like, those are the people that you need in your life. Mm. And I'm the same way like, to people, especially when it comes to opinions. I mean, you can't really please everyone with your opinions. And it's just the same with my friends, with my family. Not because it's not because they have a different opinion. I would, you know, I would, um, I guess, be enemies with them or be off offensive or or get angry at them. It's just knowing that you should respect one another. It's It's all about respect. The second season of Crazy Smart Asia is sponsored by BNP Paribas Wealth Management. We live in a dynamic and ever-changing world where innovation leads the way, a world facing unprecedented challenges. We need to change the way we create and consume to fuel the next wave of change and build a brighter, more sustainable tomorrow. BNP Paribas Wealth Management is proud to support Crazy Smart Asia on its mission to tell the stories of inspiring leaders who are doing just that. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss when it comes to your finances you think you've done it all you've saved you've researched and you've invested all that you can now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor yahoo finance as america's number one finance destination yahoo finance has everything you need whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market join the millions of investors who trust yahoo finance to guide them on their financial journey for comprehensive financial news and analysis visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination yahoofinance.com all of these issues that we've been discussing i think a lot of them are quite common to the general human condition but are amplified you know times a thousand when you're in in the limelight um you launched a platform called mind you which takes aim at some of these issues that we all go through um it's a platform to make mental health um care more accessible and cheaper can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, um, actually, how this started, um, it's a couple of common friends who uh, invited me to join Mind You. Um, apparently, it's been it's been around for quite a while now, and they have worked on they've been working with a couple of um, companies here in in the Philippines already. Mm -hmm. um, it's just that it's it's something that. Um, I've always been open about my mental health just because of um, my brother passing away um, due to um, depression. Uh, since then, I, I, I promised myself and I promised everyone that I was going to be 
um, open about it and share all of my experiences and kind of just, you know, be someone to, to relate to. It's actually, I feel like it's important now to have someone, um, someone to relate to just because it's, it's a very difficult topic to talk about. And a lot of people here in the Philippines still think differently when it comes to mental health. They still think that it's just, it's just whatever, you know, it's just yeah. someone being dramatic. I mean, I've been told that so many times and um, I've been told, I've been called crazy before a couple of times. You know, it's, it's, it's a very sensitive topic, but a lot of people still are not, are not very aware of of the whole mental health situation. Mm. How do we begin to battle that stigma, do you think? Well, I feel like it, it really has to start with awareness and um, uh, educating people and making them making sure that you know that they know that this is a real thing and that this is something that you shouldn't be ashamed of. Because growing up, it's something that I was ashamed of just because, like what I said earlier, I didn't really have any friends. Um, I wasn't really open to my parents. Um, I don't know. It's, it's just always been like that. And when it came to my mental health, um, at a at an age of, I guess, 14 or 13 years old, I would already experience anxieties. Mm. I remember this because I... I think I was at a shoot one time and that's when I started feeling it. Started feeling what? Uh, it was like a shortness of breath? I was getting an anxiety attack, like a panic attack. I, and I couldn't understand why. Um, and I remember telling myself that this is, it's just me being um, dramatic, being paranoid. And I couldn't, I really couldn't understand what it was. But for someone at a very young age who doesn't have any idea what it is, it could be it it can be really scary because you know like yeah. you you don't know what it is that you're going through like is this something that i should tell my parents is this something that i can talk to my friends like what if my friends tell me i'm crazy what if my friends tell me that we don't want to we don't want to hang out with you anymore because you're very dramatic like you you're this 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 you know you're scared of being judged right. and at that age it's something that that would really scare you a lot, like people judging you. Yeah. Because, you know, it, you're growing super up. super important to you at that age. Yeah, yeah you're, you're, you're very conscious about yourself and you're very conscious about what um, people think about you. So I never talked about it. Um, and then I remember it just, it just keeps getting worse and worse to the point that like every time I would get an anxiety attack, I would just, I just wanted to run away for some reason. I just wanted to leave, leave my house and just go somewhere where no one's, I don't know. I just, I couldn't really explain it at that time. And and that happened to you when you, uh, as you mentioned earlier, you left the country and you also had a, uh, you know, one of these episodes. Is that right? And that's when you didn't want to come back? Yeah, this was, I think, around uh, 2015. I remember because this, this was during my birthday. Um, right. Went to Korea with a couple of friends. And this this is something that I'm not ashamed to, to talk about just so that people could understand and people know what it is that I go through. These are things that I'm very um, open with. So I uh, went to Korea with a couple of my friends for Halloween, which is my birthday. And I remember um, that I just I just had this feeling that I didn't want to go home. I didn't want to go back to my life, which was shooting every other day, events every other day, like, you know, like with a schedule, full mm. schedule, jam back days and all of that. I couldn't take it anymore. And I didn't understand who or what I was really doing. It was pretty much, I felt, I felt like a robot pretty much. Right. That's how it was like. And then... If a platform like Mind You had existed, or if you had access to that at the time, do you feel, you feel like that would have helped, and and that is what has kind of been the catalyst to you supporting this organization? Definitely, just because that it it pretty much makes um, mental health solutions easier, you know, more accessible. Um, that's pretty much the goal of Mind You, 
and also there are talks um there was just an event a couple of um a couple of weeks ago or last month um that was online but pretty much it's just other people going through the same thing talking about what this is and trying to um trying to figure out this it's pretty much like a puzzle you know that that is hard to figure out and it, yeah. it is different for everyone so it's it's nice to have people or other people or even friends just talk about you know mental health with you just so that you're aware um and mind you is just that um yeah so it 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 is i it is very important there's so many cases now here in the philippines and i have a lot of friends who are actually going through um going through it now just because of of the pandemic um they haven't really gone out and it's just pretty much everything is opening back um everything is going back to normal but not really you know there's still this fear of getting sick and or people who are kind of just in limbo for a couple of months or even for a year and it is hard if you've been in that spot for quite a while when things are back to normal it's like where do i start like how do i get back on my feet like what mm. do i do and it's you know you really it it is it's it's a lot of work to get back on your feet yeah you um you mentioned your your brother earlier i wonder if you feel comfortable talking a little bit more about that because i realized that that must have been a a very traumatic period in your life but also as far as this conversation we're having right now about mental health it must have also been a, a huge turning point so from what i'm aware of of of, of doing my, my background research you, your your brother um had depression and, and he took his own life um how did uh you know can you tell me a little bit about that experience how you lived through that and then how that changed you as a person afterwards So when my brother passed away it was a long it was a long couple of months of actually just weeks no months even of just blaming myself and wishing that I had done something or that I had talked to him about you know about mental health what it is like anxieties and all of that because I'm pretty sure that he has a bit of idea just because he has a lot of friends but it's still different to have someone who's there to support you and to really help you along the process um and i would blame myself because i you know i wish i was there for him more i wish that i would talk to him about about his life more or just ask him about you know stuff that that's going on with with his life or just anything and the thing is i I was so busy at that time. I was always at work. Um barely had the chance to see them. So he there was no anchor to begin with. Mm. You know, it's like he just was spiraling and there was no one there to kind of like hold him down or help him out. And the thing is because growing up we were never really close to our parents. You know, we never really opened up. Um I mean, I love my my parents very much. It's just that it you know it it really wasn't that kind of relationship where i was mm-hmm. open about my emotions i was open about what it is that i'm going through mm-hmm. um so my my brother was the same thing my brother is actually my sister as well um so he doesn't really have anyone to to talk to about it he um we discovered though that um after he passed away that he has a medium account so medium is pretty much more for literature so you can write poems you can write short stories or just anything on the uh, on the app so we eventually we found out that he has a medium account and that's where he would put in entries and the things that he wrote in there um they were very beautiful by the way it's it's just that it was very it was really sad mm. like he was really going through something when you read it um and the thing is none of us knew about it he talked to me about you know his whole um i guess love situation a couple of times but there's still a bit of hesitation he wouldn't really open up so much he would just give a couple of details and then would stop talking about it and 
you know, when he passed away, I wish that I could have asked him about it more just because it was one of the major things that really um, pushed him to take his life. It must have been so painful, of course, but also frustrating to read that Medium account after the fact. Yeah. To realize that that was his outlet rather than his family or friends. Yeah. And it's been going on for a while because the entries were, you can see the dates. So when he started writing, um, when he started writing on Medium, it was pretty, um, it was a while back before he even passed away. Hmm. And how, how did this, um, affect you and your journey i mean you you mentioned um earlier that you have been through depression have you ever been in a similar state of mind where you've considered suicidal thoughts as well um i don't really say this to be i mean i i haven't talked about this actually um but i have tried a couple of times um it's not really a it's not really a good feeling it's it's more of wanting to escape and wanting to to end everything because when you're when I'm having an anxiety attack or a panic attack and it leads up to me wanting to to take my life it's how it feels like it's like it's like a lot of voices in your head and those voices in your head are trying to put you down or saying like saying that you're you're um that you're um not worthy that you're useless, you know, all the hurtful stuff that you could tell to a person. And um, it's always the case. I mean, when, before I, you know, before I try to do it, um, same thing. For me, the to kind of stop it or like every time I wanted to stop, I try to, I try to take my life. And it, 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 it's not just once that it happened. It kind of mm-hmm. happened um, quite a lot of times. You're so incredibly brave to be sharing this with me and with our audience, and I really appreciate that 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 bravery and that candor. Um, uh, I I can't imagine how low you must have been right there and right then. Um, but rather than dwell, dwell on that, I'd I'd like to say how incredibly strong and brave it is of you to be turning those immense amounts of pain and and low points in your life and turn, trying to turn it into a positive. Right? You're you're telling me the story so that it goes out into the world and so that you can kind of destigmatize this and so other people that have these feelings don't feel alone don't feel like they're worthless because if if Nadine Lustre the famous pop star you know has these feelings and anyone can right yeah you know ever since um, my brother passed away a lot of people have been um messaging me leaving me you know just messages or sharing their experiences and the thing is a lot of people really look up to me just because of the stuff that I've gone through. Yeah. That's why I decide to be open about my experiences. I want to, to share it to everyone so that there's someone to relate to. And the thing is, you know, I mean, being, being in the showbiz industry, being a celebrity, there's still a bit of, um, how do I say it? You're a, you're pretty much a, a role model still. Mm. And, and, yeah, and I'm not ashamed to to share this with everyone, even though it's it's a bit triggering because I know that people who are going through the same thing or who went through the same thing could relate to me, and I could actually help them by sharing my experiences mm. and what it is that I've gone through and the lessons that I've picked up along the way. Mm. Um, and to me, it's it's really very inspiring to you know because I do the same thing. Like I look up to celebrities who are also very open to their um about their mental health. Lady Gaga is one. Mm-hmm. Um and I really look up to her just because, you know, she's such a strong person to go all through all of that. Um I mean her I'm, my life is crazy, but I'm pretty sure hers is is even more. Mm-hmm. Right? So I can only imagine how people who look up to me feel when they see or hear me talk about my mental health you use your social media as a force for good whether you're supporting mental health campaigns and and environmental campaigns um but obviously i don't need to tell you how uh social media has also been proven to to be damaging to to mental health particularly to for younger people 
How do you think we can start to address that as a society? It's clearly a big issue, right? How do you think that we can start to address this in a constructive way? Oh, that is very difficult. And I've been asked this a couple of times. It's just, I guess we all have to be responsible on social media. There's so many things on social media that's um, fabricated. Um, There's a lot of news that aren't real, that is easily spread via social media. Um, There are a lot of, you know, uh, photo manipulations or editing, which Mm. kind of makes... Um, and this is one of the things that are really um, unhealthy. That's really unhealthy on social media. The standard of beauty is 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 very different in real life versus on social media. It's just fabricated, right? It's totally. Yeah, it's 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 totally made up. It's edited, not real. Um, and the thing is, you know, for someone who's growing up. Imagine, imagine if it was the 13 or 14 year old Nadine in that state browsing on social media and thinking that, wow, like this is the beauty standard. Then I'm, I'm so ugly, mm-hmm. you know, like I don't, I don't belong here. Then it, it, it really, it really affects how, how kids think, like how teens think just because they would feel they their self esteem would be very low just because of looking through these these photos. So, as an individual with substantial influence, with your ten point seven million followers uh, as it stands, I guess the the thing that you can do is a don't present a sanitized view of your life. Like, you be honest as you are about mental health, and not post images that are just insanely overly photoshopped and create this uh, insane made up version of beauty, right? Yeah, come as you are. Just be responsible because social media shouldn't this I'm pretty sure that when they made all of these um apps, this wasn't the you know, this this was um an unseen, you know, like issue that was yeah. gonna eventually come up after a couple of years. But yeah, I mean I, that's what I as much as possible, I just try to be real on social media. Um, I don't really edit. I mean, even if I do, people have seen my body so many times. So, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be obvious, but I mean, that's not, that's not my, I mean, that's not what I do anyway. I don't like um, editing my photos um, as much as possible. I try to be honest with the things that I do because there are so many content out there that's fake you know just don't be ashamed of how you're living your life your Mm. real life just you know just be yourself don't try to be anyone else so i want to talk a little bit about about your music career so um that's an area where you're also being very true to yourself and you're also you know similar to your social media persona you're not uh doing what is expected of you you're doing cool new things so your most recent album, Wildest Dreams, was the country's first visual album, for example. Um, so first off, can you describe what that means? People might not, not know what a visual album is. And tell me why you wanted to go in that direction. Pretty much a visual album is kind of like a short film, but it is composed of all of the music videos in, in one. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's, that's pretty straightforward. Um, so yeah, Wildest Dreams... Um, I decided to I decided to um, to write about my journey because in in Wildest Dreams it's mainly all of my journeys and the lessons that I've picked up along the way. I decided to make it that because um, I listen to artists like um, Janae Aiko, Bjork, Lady Gaga, who yeah. are very you know their lyrics are kind of like very inspirational. Um, Janae Aiko especially it's always about you know growth self-acceptance love um and it gives me it gives me I guess it makes me feel a way and it gives me lessons as well and the thing is when I listen to these these songs um it makes me feel loved it makes me feel like appreciated for some reason I don't know if it's just me but I wanted people who would listen to my music to feel the same way, you know, to be inspired, to feel loved, 
to feel like they're they're important or worthy because there are songs in my album that's more of like m- like a message to mm. whoever is listening to the song. So that's the effect that I kind of wanted Wildest Dreams to have to my listeners. Mm. And the visual album enables people to see that in a whole other way, in a much more visceral yeah. way as well, right? They can experience it yeah. visually. Yeah, it's 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 such an experience where you know, it's not just you, I guess. There's there's a story to it as well. Mm. It's very um, introspective, the whole story of Wildest Dreams. And you have a, a new track that just came out, right? Can you tell us about that? Yep. So Wait For Me just came out. Um, music video is also out. It is a very emotional song just because it's about moving on. Um and uh, I recorded this song actually back in May or June, mm. quite a while back. Um, obviously, we just have to find the right um, the right timing for for the single. Um, yeah, and I. <laughs> How do you feel about it now? <laughs> no, I lo- I love the song. It's just there's a really funny story behind the whole single, um, because when Careless initially sent the track to me, I didn't want to do it. Because of two reasons. One, um, it wasn't the type of, it, it wasn't the same, I guess, um, sound as Wildest Dreams. Two, uh, the vocal range, I was so, it was very challenging and I didn't really think that I could do it. So those are the two things that were making me um, doubt taking the single. But anyway, Careless, um, really pushed for it and um yeah so a couple of months later wait for me is out <laughs> so you so you nailed it in the end yeah i i'm, I'm proud to say that i did <laughs> yeah i love i love things that scare me for some reason and this is it, it the reason why it felt so right was because i was afraid of it like i like I was telling, I remember telling um, telling James that I didn't want to do it because it's. I don't think I could sing it properly. Mm. But then you know, just take the leap of faith, and then bam. <laughs> there we grow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's nice. There we grow. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back with Lee and Nadine, but first, let's hear from Grace Tam, Chief Investment Advisor, Hong Kong at BNP Paribas Wealth Management. She talks to Lee about new media trends and tips for investors for the new year. Nadine's experimentation with new forms of media is a microcosm of an industry continuing to be reshaped by new technologies. Looking ahead to 2022 and beyond, what are the opportunities for investors in media and entertainment? I think it's metaverse. This term has been gaining popularity recently. And in simple terms, is generally referred to the virtual worlds beyond the physical worlds. The virtual world has become bigger and bigger influence to our daily life, including media and entertainment. For example, the use of VR access in video gaming and its whole supply chain, such as companies producing displays, lenses, optics, and cameras, they're all good investment opportunities. VR is also expanding its footprint to social media, which is estimated to represent 70% of the total VR demand by 2030. Nadine's startup tackles issues around mental health, which is representative of a wider trend of entrepreneurs focusing on areas where they can make a social impact. In BNP Paribas' Global Entrepreneur and Family Report 2021, what other common values did you identify among entrepreneurs? Entrepreneurs globally are interested in integrating smart technology into their businesses or making them a focus of their investments. Many also cited diversifying their portfolios in a low interest rate environment as an important topic to learn more about. Furthermore, many entrepreneurs, especially in the US and Europe, they have already taken action to decarbonize their business operations and investment portfolios. This is the final episode of season two of Crazy Smart Asia and almost the end of the year as well. If listeners take away one investment insight they should bear in mind for next year, what should it be? I would say stay the investor. Cash is not king. Plenty of investors tend to hold more cash than required. However, 
Inflation is likely to stay high for longer, and deposit rate remains around historic low levels. Even some central banks have started to raise interest rates. A portfolio with too much cash may not be able to beat inflation. Investors can enjoy the compound interest, which could be powerful in long-term investing. As Albert Einstein said, "Compound interest is the eighth wonder of the world." He who understands it earns it. He who doesn't pays it. And now back to the show. Nadine, last few questions.、Uh, I'm going to ask you a few questions that I ask everybody on on this podcast.、Um, the first one is:、um, You've reached a lot of success already so far. No doubt, much more success to come. But already, you've reached a huge amount of success, and a lot of people would love to be sat where you're sat right now. But they'll never get there for whatever reason. What do you think is the difference that's got you to where you are at this point? Is there one difference about you, about your personality, about your work ethic, or, or what you've done, or something that's made you be in that successful position when many others that wanted it didn't get there? I'm crazy. <laughs> no, I mean it's it's always going to be different for everyone, and this is my belief. My journey is not the same as yours.、Hmm. Probably,、um, you won't like. You know, people can't get to this point just because theirs is different,、hmm. and that's that's a beautiful thing. Like we're not all the same, and I I find it so beautiful that to each is his own. You know, we all have different journeys, and that's just it. <laughs> you know, when we created the name for this podcast, Crazy Smart Asia, we thought it was kind of cute and fun, and also you know, <laughs> kind of mix of crazy smart, but also just plain crazy sometimes. Yeah. The, the more I, I ask this question, the more I'm finding out that that's like super on the nose, right? You just need to be different and just pursue your own path. Yeah, that's true, and you have to be passionate, very、yeah. passionate about what you do. Um, what's one question an interviewer has never asked you? You wish they would. You've done so many media appearances. I'm wondering, is there one thing we're just like, why doesn't anybody ask me about X? Cool.、Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Actually, one of the things that I wish people would ask me about was what you asked me earlier,、hmm. um, and it was,、um, have you ever tried to take your life before? Just because it's very sensitive, you know, you have to have、um, a bit of guts to ask a person that. Just because it's it's very it's a very sensitive question. Yeah. But the thing is, I have I know a lot of people who have tried to take their lives just because you know they were going through a lot, and this is something that I I. I've always wanted to to talk about and to share, just because.、Um, from the last time I tried to do it, that's when I realized that, you know what? I even even though it even though、um, I mean, how do I how do I word this right? Um. Because the last time I tried to do it, that's when I realized that why. That's when I asked myself, why am I even trying? Like, why am I even doing this? Not to myself, but to the people around me.、Mm-hmm. And the thing is,、um, I just want to say, and I want people to hear this: life is beautiful, and you're here to experience it. You know, like you can go through a lot of a lot of. Sh- You know, you can go through a lot of challenges in life, but those are just challenges. The thing is, when you go through all of these things, you look back and you realize why you had to go through it. You you realize all of the lessons that you picked up along the way, and there's so much that life has to offer. You know,、mm-hmm. there are ups and downs, but those ups are good, yes. But the downs are essential to. To your growth, so just you know, just hold on and just always、um, look at the bright side. Do you feel like you're getting the support that you need now? I am from、um, from the people around me, from friends and family,、um, fans as well.、Uh, just because 
um, I really appreciate all of all of the love and support that they have been giving me for years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's crazy. They like a lot of fans have been with me for more than ten years now, and it's it's really really crazy, you know, to just um, get to know them uh, and then grow with them. And the thing is, like, I was such a different person ten years ago. And now mm. I could definitely say that I'm proud of what I have become. And um, I'm not ashamed of the things that I went through. You know, all of those downs, all of the all of the things that I went through, all of the things that that drove me drove me crazy. Like mm. those are fine because those were essential. Because if not, if I didn't go through all of that, I wouldn't have this mindset. I wouldn't be so at peace right now Mm. and the thing is to get to peace it's a long journey right you have to earn it you have to earn it and you have to enjoy that journey you know it's going to be it's going to be a long walk but that walk you enjoy it and it's going to be worth it when you get there you'll know why you have to go through all of that that's Mm. what i always tell people (laughs) if you were to leave our audience and, and your fan base with a final message what would it be you're good. <laughs> good. You're okay. You're, good. You're okay. You're good. Nadine Lustrate, thank you for your time, for your honesty, for your bravery, and for just generally being badass and joining us today. Thank you, Lee. Thanks for having me. If you're facing any of the issues discussed in this episode, please remember that help is always at hand. Check out this week's episode description for a link to a list of suicide crisis lines around the world. That's it for the final episode of this season of Crazy Smart Asia. If you've taken something from this episode, don't forget to subscribe wherever you're listening to this. And please do leave us a rating and a five-star review while you're there. We're taking a break over the holidays, but we'll be back in 2022 with more stories of young leaders in Asia and the unconventional paths they took to success. In the meantime, try to remember... You're good. You're good. We'll see you next season. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.